0: Everyone, welcome back to Reality 2.0. I am Catherine Druckman. I am talking to Doc Searles today, and we are going to talk about something that's been in the news recently, um, and more specifically, the controversy at Basecamp, as many of you may have heard. Uh, Basecamp announced some new company policies, and I think it was about a third of the company quit. So we're going to talk about maybe why that is, and and uh, what significant. It- it has, uh, for conversations about communication in the workplace. So with that, uh, I should also mention that I'm going to include a few links for some background. And if you haven't read any of them, you might want to hit pause and go check them out and then come back and start it again. But, um, so yeah, doc, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, this? well, it's a moving picture too. I mean, we were looking earlier at the, uh, and you'll put it in the, in the chat at The Verge. The Verge has done the most aggressive job of staying on top of this thing. Um, I think, I think several things, but I'll, I'll start with what it, what it's like to run a small company and what it's like to run a small company when you have something difficult or political or controversial happening internally. Uh, I, I haven't run one of those that are s- small enough to have a bunch of employees. I've had a small company that's had mostly like two or three employees for a long time, but that's my little consultancy. But um, you know, but even Linux Journal, I mean, I guess I was in a small company there, but I wasn't running it, and it was pretty distributed for most of its life. So there really wasn't what you might call office politics. I don't think there ever was any there. No, um, it wasn't that kind of a, a thing. Um, but uh, but I remember one particular time that there were like two or three employees. I had like maybe 12 or 14 people, something like that. And there were like two or three employees that always seemed to go outside. And weren't going outside to smoke. That was back when you could do that, when there were enough smokers. They, they would just go out there and they're talking, they come back in and they were talking. And, and I, I finally, you know, call one and miss what's going on, you know? And, and, uh, and they said, well, you know, I, I don't want to talk about it, but you know, so-and-so I think is a real problem. And well, why is so-and-so a problem? Well, he's doing this and that and the other thing. And, and and then I call so-and-so in and there's some other issue. Well, those guys, this and that. And then I call all of them in and, and, or into a, a room and said, can we just air some things out here? And, and And I was quoted later as saying this, I have no recollection of saying it, but what I said was, the world is full of secrets that only I don't know. <laughs> I said that, another thing I said was, where two or more people are gathered in an office, there's politics happening. And, and by this I mean office politics. And and the thing is that, you know, and then I, I what I remember doing is coming down with some rules. And and the rules are really meant for that particular thing that happened in that particular circumstance. And and I'm not sure it worked. And, and I've done the same thing on a list that I, I run where there was one person in particular who was very passive aggressive and just loved to pick fights. He wasn't so much a troller. He just loved to tweak people and to be a, you know, a bit of a dick. And, but I don't even think he knew it, you know? and he didn't, and, and I have co- private conversations with him about it. And I finally wrote a bunch of rules. And those rules sat around for years. Nobody ever looked at them. Um, they didn't really matter, but they did make everybody uncomfortable right at the beginning. It's like, they were like, why do we have these rules? They were just this one guy, you know? So, so what I'm pointing to, what I'm saying there is that having to come down with a bunch of rules for a particular set of circumstances that may be transitory or may have been limited to one or two or a few people, um, where you really had to deal with it in in an almost one-on-one basis and I don't even know if you could do that anymore. I don't know if you could be a boss like you used to be able to be a boss. You know, where you could call somebody in, have a conversation and and get it solved and or not get it solved and that person leaves or or something else happens. So there's that. And I just wanted to kind of share that experience, but I think with my sense with this whole thing is we don't know what really happened. And there will be not one story about it. And I don't think that one story is one that, <laughs> you have a dog there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Do. And you don't dogs bark for only two reasons. one is there's something going on? The other is there's nothing going on. Yes, so there's, there's probably some nothing. feeling feelings about
0: to... communication in the workplace.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably, probably part of it, you know? Per
0: communication.
1: You know, <laughs> I mean, but you still deal with something. I forget who said it, but like hell is other people. You know, there's, you have a company and it's going to be complicated. It's going to be difficult. And um, it it is hard running a company. But I guess the, the main point I want to make is that let's take, let's say if we were to interview like a priest or somebody or, or a lawyer, somebody, a shrink, somebody they could talk to and know it's not getting out, right? So it wouldn't be us. It'd be somebody you would be totally trusted let's see, some fair witness, I forget, what what is, something Highline wrote or something about a fair witness, there's a fair witness as a kind of a character. So if some fair witness listened to the stories that everybody had to say, um, and the only one person I know there, and I haven't talked to him in 15 years is Jason Freed, who's like at the center of this thing, he's the CEO. But that was back when he was at 37 Signals, it was like way too long ago, but, you're going to get different stories and different narratives and different, you know, he said, she said what, he, I mean, here's another thing. Recall is rewrite. We're rewriting our stories every time we recall them. Right. So, and as time goes on and every one of these people talks to other people, the story is going to change. You know, my old friend, Craig Burton, who I'd love to have on the show sometimes says when I told him something what she said, is that secondhand is a third hand. And I said, well, that's uh, actually third hand. He said, Don't believe any of it. He said, Second hand, you believe like 10% of it. First hand, you could believe 50%. But anything further downstream, don't believe it. it. It's something else. And I sort of feel we're in that territory with this. We really don't know. And, you know, and you know, Jason's a boss. He made a bunch of decisions. Um, he lost a bunch of people, obviously there was a bunch of factors that were, here's an interesting one. And we, I don't want to talk too much here, but I was just in conversation with a CEO who told me that he's only keeping people basically because they love working there because employees are in a seller's market right now. What, what Jason and his partner, David, I forget his last name, but what they did by offering this great severance package to everybody, giant goodwill package is how it wasn't that, 18 people or a large percentage of the company didn't want to work there is that there are better jobs waiting for them somewhere else. There are no, so absolutely. many good jobs laying around in the world right now that the threshold of departure is very low. So you give everybody a severance package and like, hell, why not take it? I'm going to get 40% more over here, you know? So, you know, Basecamp's not the only only employer in the world, right? So that's another factor that's going to be involved in this. Yeah.
0: Another, another thing is I wonder... If, I wonder if I mean there are I guess they've always been a distributed. Actually, I'm not sure if they were always a distributed company. Maybe they weren't completely. I I could get. They're the, based in
1: Chicago, see. right?
0: Are yeah, they? I think so. But, so. How many
1: people work there? Saying, just, "I don't want to work in Chicago. I'm i right. getting out of here."
0: But either way, you know, even if they've been distributed pre-COVID, now you know whatever, um, because of the last year, uh, I think. It's shifted the way that we interact with each other online because now online is it. We don't ever, we don't see. I mean, it's starting to change for some people, but for a long time we didn't really interact with people outside of our houses for that. You know, for yeah. um, or let alone within our offices. So, so the nature of the way that we communicate, I think, has intensified conflict in many ways. Oh, totally. And and intensified just the, the experience of communicating people with people online. And I think it, the fact that this happened now is interesting. Um, and, and there's probably something to that. Um, I think also the fact that I think there's a little bit of a privacy angle here. Because so Basecamp, they also have the same company has the uh, hey.com privacy oriented email service and the one of the first things that struck me when this this came out was that they, they first it, you know it came out and they took a pretty pretty strong position um, against certain types of communication in within a work environment and, and whatever that means they I do do note that they encouraged people to take things sort of to a different venue with each other. Go use signal, for example. Um, but still sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to not be able to, to interject or correct or um, point out something that may trouble you or something like that in, in, a, in a work environment. So, so the fact that they have this, this privacy oriented product, but at the same time, which, which I think a lot of us associate with a concept of freedom, but at the other time, on the other hand, they're, they're sort of trying to restrict the freedom of communication. There's something interesting to me about that. And the fact that after this blew up, they then have to become very, very transparent and outline details of what might have um, otherwise been a private conversation, which is a, an uncomfortable place to be. So, you know, I don't know know, where we
1: go with that, but. I mean, how are you social in business now? I mean, I, I, you know, I I know a young person who, who thinks requiring people to come into work is an affront to their freedom and their agency. That the default for the way a company ought to work is that you're working from home if you if you have an office if you have like what well, we used to call it an office job but if you basically have a white collar job that is on a glowing rectangle and a keyboard why should you have to be in an office that that's the default that's kind of what especially came up in this last year you know and, and when you pretty much had to be home and you discovered what you could do there but i mean we don't the point you were making there i think is that we're we're where can we be social at work now? I mean, it, it, there's no, you know, there's no uh, coffee bar that over here with the, with the, co- the the coffee machine, and there's no, you know, there's no lunch area, there's no place to hang out and outside, and, um, you know, th- th- those places don't exist, and the social places online, are, basically, run by algorithms that push together people who are not agree- who are saying amen to each other rather than disagreeing with each other. If they do disagree, it's in an emotional way, where you get you still you're still nudging people toward engagement, but you want them to engage around things that gonna keep them coming back rather than drive them away. So, so that's not that's not helpful. Um, slack has generally probably taken up some of that uh, some of that space, but there isn't that fully social place where you're looking at each other face to face. You can read each other's, but all full body language. Um, You're shaking hands now that we'll still do that anymore. But I mean, there's, there's kind of there's connection and we don't have that now and we haven't figured out how to do it. I was just thinking about a, um, the best employee manual I know was for a company I worked with in 1980, like early, early tech company. Um, and this is in North Carolina, and this guy ha- had—he um, actually was mentioned in Tracy Kidder's *The God in the Machine*, something like that. Was whatever the name of that, com- that book was. Anyway, he had this great employee manual. It had two pages. On page one, it said, "Rule number one: Use good judgment." And you turn the page, and it said, "Rule number two: Violate rule number one, and you're in deep shit." That was the whole thing. And I'm thinking that's that's really interesting you know that using good judgment is this even possible now you know how do you how do you construct good judgment what is that i mean what's what's happened now especially in our politicized environment is there the roster of things that one cannot say has become enormous and and one cannot talk about if you're not qualified by being in the right group, whatever that is. And and it's, you know, um, and I think this is something that we have to go through for the next several years, maybe even several decades. Um, A relative of mine who works in a university, she runs a department in a university, says that an enormous amount of their time is taken up with what is right behavior now? What is the right way to treat other people? What is the right way to to move toward equity and inclusion and diversity and this long list of of um, values that weren't even on the table a few years ago? And 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 but very seriously. And and her her position on it is: this is uncomfortable. This is difficult. But we really have to do this. We really have to. And it isn't a matter of, we have to make up for 400 years of, of oppression or, or every ism you can name, but rather to, to finally recognize what's been wrong for a long time and what needs to be right in, in ways that are functional. And we're just starting to figure that out. And, and it's going to be tough for a few years. You know, and, and they are and they're casualties like these guys, you know, I mean, whatever happened there, that's that's a casualty, you know, and they'll get, it'll be a learning experience for them if the company's, which I think is a question. I mean, you lose a third of your people, you're kind of a toxic place to be now. Are you going to attract talent into the, hey, here are a little things you can't talk about here. Oh, I don't want to work there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's got to be tough.
0: Yeah, and I think it creates a little bit of a culture of fear and anxiety, not intentionally. I mean, I think I'm sure they were coming from a good place with this. Um, but I think, unfortunately, you know, what 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 isn't a uh, political or societal <laughs> topic? Like what, you know, what what does that leave? That leaves? Is it raining outside? Yes. <laughs> you know, where yeah. you live? No. Yes. No. You know, I mean, it, it, it. there's not a lot left and inevitably something will come out, something That somebody believes is relatively benign, but still, you know, their coworkers should feel comfortable responding to. It may be afraid to. You know, I think it's relevant to point out that a lot of that this whole thing came about because of a conversation about racism. Now, it could have been a conversation about anything political. It could have been, you know, election politics, or um, well, even unfortunately, COVID has become political. It could have been it, so. It could have been any topic, but this one was about racism. And and you and my personal feeling is that you you need to create an environment where people do feel free to you know make their views known or point out something that they're not comfortable with. And 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 and, and by making these declarations that certain types of, of of topics are completely off limits, like you know, I think it's problematic. I You know, I, I understand the motivation for it, but I, you know, I wonder, because I wonder what the, the long-term consequences are. And I, and I wonder from a good place, frankly, I'm not, I'm not here to, um, you know, tear them down because they made a mistake because personally I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of the, the the idea behind their, their email platform. I, you know, I was actually, I paid for it for a year because I, I wanted to support what they were working on. Um, but that said, I, you know, people make mistakes and, and I, you know, I think they're obviously having to scramble a bit to respond to that mistake, which is unfortunately inevitable, but I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm deeply concerned for them for the reasons that you just said, because when you lose a third of your company, that's, it's not a great thing, but, but yeah, I, I still think, I think that their policy is very, very problematic and, and, and was likely not the right decision.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, ideally it's a learning experience. I think probably for the purposes of hiring people, if they aren't in a buyer's market for talent, um, uh, is to lose it. Say, you know what? That was a bad idea. We had the idea. We did it. It's gone. Um, But I really don't know. It may be something that is attractive to some people. It could be that they, I mean, I have no idea. Without knowing more, without talking to any of these people, I... I don't know. Um, uh, I, I, I I do know that I, I think is this is a really difficult time. I mean, it's a hard time to be to, to hire talent is suddenly very expensive, and it's very competitive. And we have a we have a, uh, an economy right now that's sort of springing back to life. The the mainspring of human energy that got compressed through the whole pandemic period is starting to release. And, and it isn't just people are going back to the beach and going back to pools and summer's coming and they're just going to get social again and party and go to concerts and sports and all the rest of it. It's that there's a lot of business that's going to start cranking up again, and it's not going to be the same. And there's a lot of anxiety about how do we make this work now? You know, how do we you know, geez, we're paying a lot of money for this office space. How, can we get out of this lease? Should we get out of this lease? What are we going to do? Um, and to complicate that with, boy, we there's a lot of stuff we can't talk about anymore. Why can't we talk about it? Because it's all a third rail. There are way more third rails now than there ever used to be that nobody can touch. You know, if you're, you know, if you're within a group, you can talk about it maybe, but if you're outside that group and it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a victimized group, um, and you're on, your could at least be cast as one of the possible, um, perpetrators of, of, of whatever others suffer. You have nothing to say and you should have nothing to say for now. I mean, you have something to learn. That's really, I think that's the big thing is like, what are we going to learn? I mean, to me, that's the big thing. What are the learning experiences we can get here? Not just like, how can we make judgments about what's going on, but how what can we learn from this? i mean that's that that to me is the big thing for for the for these you know companies like this one um but but I think for all of us, you know where you know the people have been hurt like i I had no idea in my life, and i like I know a lot of trans people over my life, and I've known them since like the seventies um when it was, they had to be really closeted and in some cases and, and still in spite of that, I, I had no idea how many there really are. There is a, a, a really very large number of trans people out there and their issues are much more complicated than I ever thought they were in the first place. Way more complicated. Um, Andrew Sullivan right now is a, a, a interesting thinker, former sort of Obama conservative, very articulate, he went out on a limb, saying a bunch of stuff about on the trans topic, and got his head handed to him. And he's going through a learning experience. Um, but within a company, you know, where how do you pay respect to all of the issues that are within any one group like that? And and I think the only possible sane stance to take is not even a stance. It's just kind of like. I'm going to be as open-hearted and as open-minded as I can be about this while making the company actually run, you know, and if you're on top at the top of a company, you've got a lot of other things to worry about, you know, that, you know, like where's the money coming from? How do we keep that customer? What what do we do wrong over here? It's a tough one. It's a tough one, but it's an, I think it's an interesting time to be in the middle of it, as long as you don't get killed (laughs) one way or another.
0: Yeah. and I mean, yes. At the same time, I mean, there are some there are some issues that for a group of people or many groups of people are political issues. Trans rights, for example, shouldn't shouldn't really be a debate. You know, there's no debate whether or not a certain group of people has rights, but some people will still want to have that debate. And, 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 you know, I don't as a leader, you know, to me, you know, you protect certain conversations right. rather than ban them. But, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not in their position. I don't know, you know, what their individual experience has been at their company, but at the same time, I, I think that you see, I, you want to create, creating a culture of inclusion would probably be more difficult by limiting the ability of people to communicate.
1: But yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it, and I think, I mean, what Jason said in one of his posts is that you take it outside, you have, you, have, you have something to say that's political, take it outside. But when I first read about that, I thought, oh, something was political. Well, that means there were people on the political right and the political left that said things that uh, bothered the other one or they just couldn't talk. But later I read that it was racial as well, and as soon as you say that, then it cranks up the issue uh, another several notches and and in that higher notch saying you can't talk about this in a way is saying we can't learn from this and yeah and we can't process this and um and if you and if you show up here with something that might be political that is an issue like you know if that so that i mean it may even play in in the market as we're filtering out anybody who's not, um, you know, who's who's not racial, gender, some other form of typical, right? That might be, yeah, exactly. what, that, may very, be what, that might be what it communicates.
0: Yeah, right? it's a very privileged position to be in to just say, yeah. oh, we don't want to talk about that because, you know, well, yeah. lucky you, <laughs> you know, lucky you yeah. that you don't well, need to I, talk about that, but some people do.
1: They, they may not be so lucky. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. And I think I, I would bet that they're going to pull back on that thing after a while. Yeah. And I, and I bet that from my own experiences is, is, is in a really small way of having issued rules that turned out to be useless. In my case, they were just useless, uh, but irrelevant and, and controlling. I mean, as soon as you lay down rules, you're controlling other people. Um, there's up on a shelf up there. I'm staring at it. Uh, a, a book by um, oh god, it's called Utopia of Rules. He died a couple of years ago. Brilliant guy. He wrote Debt: The First Five Thousand Years. Graber, um, last name Graber. Anyway, um, there it is. Dave, David Graber. I have to lift my reading glasses up. Um, he's an he's an anarchist, and I have to say, I'm kind of an anarchist too. I think. <laughs> It's the closest I come. I'm a pragmatist too, so that kind of overrides it. But, but, and he's talking about you know that. You know he, you know that that we're we're a rule making bunch of people. We love governance uh, all the time. There's a lot we need. We need to say you know you have to. This is the U.S. We drive on the right side of the road. I mean we need to know that right. We need to know that we're, you're not gonna. You know you're gonna you're gonna stop on the red light. You're not gonna go through it. These are agreements we tend to make, you know, and a lot of them have to do with, you know, the doorknobs work like this. They don't; they're not push buttons. They're knobs, and they they turn like this. We understand what that is. Uh, I mean, I had private and public key explained to me today by my wife, no less. Is your public key your public key is the one in your door, and your private key is the one in your pocket. I thought, what a perfect way of explaining this! It's so much better than anything else I've ever heard, you know, and. (laughs) But that's a learning experience. I mean, I've been talking about PKI for as long as it's been around. That one never came to me, right? That's a learning experience. We're learning animals. We need to learn. Um, And you don't get that without conversation, right? You don't get that without conversation. You don't get it without grounding in the real world. I mean, there is going to be a backlash against emptying out all the office buildings, I think. I mean, Coming out of the pandemic, it's going to be everybody. So many people want to work at home, and we're going to close our offices and stuff like that. And then there's going to be a demand for it, and they're going to start opening up again. I think that's going to happen inevitably because people are social, and that when they're working together on something, they're going to want to be social about it. And um, it'll never be the same as it was, but it's not going to be um, everything is distributed at all times either.
0: Right there, there is there are cases for. For in-person uh, interaction, I think something. I think where you really hit the nail on the head is what you said just a second ago, which is that if you if you stifle communication, you cannot learn from these. You cannot learn from the conversation. There's no learning to be done. Learning comes through conversation, and and I think um, I think that's basically what I've been trying to get at. But you summed it up a lot better than I did. Uh, I think that. I think that the way forward is increased communication, not decreased, but there are, you know, I, you know, I suppose that as you say, all rules ultimately control people and, and living within some set of rules is, is probably reasonable. So I'm kind of, I'm curious to see where, how, how they, their rules evolve.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I think they, they will.
1: By the way, the, the book I was remembering earlier, and that doesn't have to be in the show, it just might be, but is The Soul of a New Machine by Tracy Kidder. And a guy- I'll put the link in. Yeah, his name is Earl Gilmore. And Earl Gilmore was one of the funniest people I've ever known. He's sadly died fairly young. And this is a startup in 1980. And I remember his complaints about VCs then were the same as ones now. And it was what like 40 years ago. Uh, but he uh, he had that, employee manual, you know, which is rule number one, use good judgment. Rule number two, violate that and you're in deep shit. And, but, you know, now is a hard time to, I mean, what is judgment now? I, I used to know a lot more than I know now (laughs) socially (laughs) about social stuff. And having been in the world for as many years as I have is it's a big help in a lot of ways. I have a large portfolio of experience and knowledge and, um, But at the same time, there's a really strong sense, for me anyway, that we are, you know, in my demographic, you're handing it off. You're totally handing it off. I mean, I think I have, were I on the job market right now, I could not get hired for a damn thing because I'm too old. You know, they want to keep Mm -hmm. employees around and I have an awful lot of value to contribute, but in my demographic your job is to hand it off and 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 to let other people take over and i am very eager for young and middle-aged people to take the take the world over you know that's that's a you know i'm here to help any way i can but i'm not i'm not i'm not wanting to run things or run them enough we have too many old people running things right now mm-hmm. and um you know and and it's it's you know it's going to you know, we, we have to pass on, but it's about learning. I just think, you know, and that to me is the big thing. They're going to, they're going to get rid of that policy. I'll bet you. Yeah.
0: And And ultimately I'll
1: I'll write to him and see what happens and see what he says. But uh,
0: I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the people behind behind Basecamp and and Hey and you know David was on the cover of Linux Journal. You remember that? It was the oh really a long time ago. It was I. I think yeah, we, he's, we he's more Ruby of an open source Rails,
1: guy. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember yeah. his last name. It's a, it begins with an H, and I'm just like blocking. He looked on
0: very it. young. It was a while ago.
1: Yeah, he's um, one of the faces of open source. I noticed. That, right. You know, yes. Yes. Yeah. So
0: you know, and these this is these are this is work from you know these, these companies are run by people I I have a lot of respect for, and you know, and I. Just, just because I disagree with their decision does you know, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. But I, I, I I would say that I'm still rooting for them to, to evolve their policies to, to a, to a better point. And and I think, um, I suspect they will, you know, these are smart people. So,
1: yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: So with that, I think, uh, yeah, I think until next time, maybe, maybe one of them will come on someday, probably <laughs> yeah. not to talk about this, but maybe to talk about- They could, else I, I think it's a good I'd thing I'd love to, to talk, talk about hay.com, frankly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny, cause I just looked it up again. I was interested in it when it first came out, but I, I really like old fashioned emails so much that um, I kind of don't want to be in in somebody's environment, and which I think it is, no, it totally but is. I really don't know. I mean, I have to look at it again. We'll I see. think
0: at the end of the day, it's worth experimenting with, and the fact that they they went to the trouble of doing that is something that I respect. It's it's worth looking yeah. at from a different angle and taking a different approach, and it does do a really good job of blocking email tracking and, and that kind of thing. So
1: yeah, I, I, I applaud like, that. I I I mean my, my ideal there, and it's a side thing, is it's not about email. It's just that I think we need room in the distributed networked world for both anonymous and pseudonymous um, communication. That doesn't mean that you're having to hide something. It's just that you want to selectively disclose, you know, you start with, you start with revealing as little as you can about yourself or on a need to know basis and where you feel safe. And I don't know if anybody can support that. I don't know if anybody really can. And the, the opportunity, if you have a service for doing that is, for, for bad acting is just so enormous. Hard to say, but it's, yeah. you know, it's early. We're still learning.
0: Cool. Well, with that, thanks everyone for listening. You've made it this far. Yeah. Uh, I hope you'll join us next time.
1: So. And yeah, see, ya. <laughs> see ya. <Cue> the music.
0: <laughs>